Well, that was fun. Hey folks, it's The Public Record. I'm Joe Public. You know, technical difficulties, they happen. They happen. It's the reality of everything that involves electricery. You know, it just... Sometimes it just doesn't work the way it's supposed to, you know? So, <sighs> that's that like unsettled me a little bit. I had this whole rant I was going to go into, but you know what? You don't want to rant, right? Like, nobody here tunes in to listen to me rant. Okay, like maybe... Okay, so I know at least one person who tunes into me rant to rant because he tells me, hey, more talking, less playing that dumb music. Um, but, you know... Uh, you know, uh, somebody had this great analogy. I will say this. Somebody had this great analogy. Today feels a little bit like Christmas Eve, except that not only are you excited about Santa coming, you're a little worried that the sleigh's going to crash, right? <laughs> does that sum it up? I think it does. And that means it's time to play music. This is Thin Lizzy on the public record. Yeah. 
Sweet smelling girl with a 
That's Johnny Winter with Bad Luck Situation. Ah, you know, I, le- I forget. I hear that song and then I forget. Oh, it's got the most amazing shotgun snare drum on that track. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what I'm talking about. I can't explain it. It's just a thing. It's a thing in recording, and I kind of dig it. So I, le- I kind of dig that, that song. Plus, it's got a, it's a cool guitar riff. I mean, it's not much of a song. It's kind of a riff with really good drum part. <laughs> Anyway, before that, uh, Mop the Hoople with Rock and Roll Queen, Wizard, Bend Over Beethoven, and Thin Lizzy with Bad Reputation started us off. Um, yeah, yeah, that'll do, that'll do. So you may have heard, apart from the news, uh, having to do with all of the newsworthy stuff going on um, over the last couple of weeks, you may have heard that a particularly hideous, awful man died um, it's kind of funny, you know, I get excited. Oh, you know, like if the headline had read, um, horrible old man with bad comb over dies, um, I, I would have gotten really excited, but, um, then not thus not to be. No, no, we're talking about Phil Spector. Phil Spector, one of the most horrible people probably whoever lived and he's he's one of my favorite people to bring up when uh, people are talking about like can you like music by somebody can you like art made by somebody who's a terrible person right that's that's like the burning question for a lot of people and it's it it drives a lot of what the so-called cancel culture is about you know am i allowed to like the movies made by a director who is a rotten awful human being am i allowed to uh, enjoy a painting that was painted by somebody who was, you know, beat their kids or whatever? Am I allowed to enjoy music by people who are terrible, terrible human beings? And to me, the answer is always yes. You're allowed to like the art that you like. Um, Knowing that the person that created that art was a terrible, awful, horrible person 
or at least was just terrible in some aspects of their life, um, that should just inform your thoughts about that art, you know, um, and about yourself, I think, in a, in a small way. And when I was in college, I became very enamored of um, the poet Ezra Pound. And Ezra Pound was a fascist. E- Ezra Pound um, was an American who went to work for the Axis powers in the Second World War. And he did radio broadcasts, propaganda broadcasts that broadcast to American soldiers, um, telling them they were fools, that they were fighting for a doomed cause, that they were on the wrong side of history, all that kind of stuff. And he went to prison after the war. He was arrested and he went to prison after the war because he was a fascist and he was a bigot and he was um, he was con- he was enabling... Uh, an enemy of his own country. So he was a a rotten, awful, horrible guy. But he wrote beautiful poetry. And that troubled me a lot when I was in college. It, it, like, it troubled me to think, okay, why does this, why do I connect with this person's art? Like, everything about who he was as a person makes me not want to like it. But I do anyway. So what's going on there? And and I spent a lot of time thinking about that and decided that I, I came to the conclusion that while I'm not a horrible bigot or a fascist, um, there's probably aspects to my personality, that, you know, barring other things that happened to me over the course of my life. Maybe I could have gone that way, right? Maybe I could have been like that. I could have been a horrible fascist piece of shit. Um but I, I fortunately did not turn out that way. And, and I don't know. I, I just look at it as yeah, bad people sometimes make great art and good people sometimes make terrible art. Um, I, I, one of my most uncomfortable things is when I meet someone who I really, really like. I like them as a person. And I find out they're a writer or a musician. Um, I am terrified to come in contact with their art because I'm, I don't want to have to deal with the, the, the feeling of letting them down by, not, by liking them as much as I do and not liking the art they create. Um, so I, I sort of avoid it, um, and, and that's weird and silly in its own way, but, uh, but it's the truth. So Phil Spector um, was a lunatic, I mean, the one one thing that forgives, I think maybe forgives some of his really horrifying behavior, which included torture of his um, his ex-wife, uh, Ronnie Spector, um, and murder of a woman for God knows why, other than that just because he could. Um, and and unspeakable, awful business practices, too. I mean, he treated the musicians, the artists that he recorded, like pawns. He didn't have any respect for their feelings. He didn't have any respect for their their egos and their uh, need to do what they were doing and, and be acknowledged and recognized for that. He, he had no—he didn't care. Um, so he was an awful guy, but it's— best I can tell, he was also incredibly damaged. Um, he may have actually been um, mentally ill and unable to know that he was doing so ill that he was unable to know that what he was doing was wrong. Um, so that's kind of, eh, kind of forgives 
not forgives, but it, it explains. It explains how he moved through the world. So somebody online had suggested that I should have done tonight. I should have done a show all about Phil Spector. And I rejected that for a couple of reasons. One, um, I love the whole wall of sound, the girl group thing a lot. I couldn't do two hours of Phil Spector. I don't think I could even do an hour of Phil Spector, um, in a row. I think that would be torture. Plus, um, sonically, I think it would be unpleasant because <laughs> as great as the innovations that he came up with in, in recording music, um, and they were m- many and several of them, um, he do- his recordings have a tendency to have a very, very distinct kind of mid-range bump that can get irritating if you listen to too much of it. Um, so there you go. So I wouldn't do that to you. Um, so I sort of struggled, like, what am I going to play? And and I found a couple things that I do want to play. Um, the first one is um, a, a single. This is a song written by George Harrison for what was supposed to be a comeback album um, for Ronnie Spector. And um, George Harrison co-produced this with Phil Spector, who also produced um, All Things Must Pass and um, one other album for for George Harrison, a bunch of records for John Lennon. Um, and as my friend Michelle, um, my, my, my very, very enjoyable friend Michelle said online, if one more person says to me, Phil Spector produced let it be for the Beatles, there will be blood. He did not. He did a mix of that record. That record was produced and recorded by George Martin, who walked away from the project because he was frustrated. Um, and um, so it ended up in Phil Spector's hands, and pretty much the only Beatle that was happy with it was John Lennon. Um Paul McCartney can't stand it so much so that he got there's there's an alternate version of that album that you can you can buy that's um, called Let It Be Naked. That's the um, the recording as he thought it was intended to sound. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, I want to play this song. This is a song called Try Some, Buy Some. And again, it was supposed to be on a uh, quote-unquote comeback record for Ronnie Spector that was going to be on on the Apple Records label. And it's cool. It's a cool song. Way back in time, someone said try some. I tried some. Now buy some. I bought some. Whoa, whoa, whoa. After a while, when I had tried them, denied them, I 
Strawberry feels forever Strawberry feels 
Does he say I buried Paul or cranberry sauce? What do you think, folks? The Beatles, of course, Strawberry Fields Forever. So a little bit of a, like, you know, I don't know, interconnected set there. Before that, Ronnie Spector with her version that she finally got to do, um, I guess about 10, maybe 15, maybe 15 years ago um, on a record. Uh, Her version of Don't Worry Baby, which is a song that Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys wrote specifically for her to sing but when he presented it to phil specter phil specter rejected it because he was super competitive control freak and uh, he saw brian wilson as competition he he wasn't interested in what a great song that was as a follow-up to be my baby for ronnie to sing he, he didn't care didn't care about ronnie didn't care about you know a good song it'll work just nope you're competing with me go away kid uh, so the Beach Boys recorded it, but but Ronnie got to record it on her own um, a little while back on that record, which was produced by Joey Ramone. So there you go. Uh, Ronettes with You Came, You Saw, You Conquered. That's just my favorite Ronettes song. That's that's why I had to play it. And uh, top of the set was Try Some, Buy Some, George Harrison composition um, for a proposed comeback for Ronnie Spector co-produced by Phil Spector and that's enough of Phil Spector for now folks um ding dong the witch is dead and go look at like seriously go look at some good like type into google or DuckDuckGo Phil Spector and hit the images button and you're just gonna go didn't this guy know how mirrors work (laughs) I know I mean I'm speaking ill of the dead Sometimes that's called for. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record here on Radio Nope. <sighs> I'm happy to be back here. I was off last week. My um, my daughter is in high school, and um, I had to... I am the designated uh, parent when it comes to attending school functions and stuff like that. And so I had to attend an online thing about her course selections for next year which they're doing super early this year because of COVID and they just want to get it ahead of it. Um, but it, it was, I really, I, I should have just blown it off because the, the truthfully, I should have known my kid had it all dialed. She had it all figured out. She didn't need me to attend any stupid class to learn how to nag her about doing what she's supposed to do. She did it like the next day when the little portal for picking your classes came up, she did it and it was done. So there you go. (sighs) That's why I wasn't here. That's why it was a rerun last week. But, um, yep. Yep. It's, it's a thing. It's like a feature of my life. I think that I, I get to be the, in the slow kid class for a lot of stuff. And, and I just want to smash my face into the table now granted there was a, there were a couple of people on this session who were asking questions that totally needed to be there and not because they were dumb but because they were new to the district or they you know I'm, I'm like one family is like completely new to the country they have no idea how schools work here 
Um, you know, those folks, they needed it, but mostly I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at these questions from these parents and I know who their kids are. And I'm like, wait, your kid can't do this. You have to like sit on them to make it happen. Wow. Uh, anyway, um, so there's that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why I wasn't here last week. I'm back. It's good. It's all good. Happy to be here. Thank you for tuning in. As always, grateful for, for your indulgence, whether you're tuned in live or you're listening to the recording or you're listening to it via like one of the podcasting platforms. I'm grateful for it. Appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to get to more music. I've been dying to play this song for weeks, and I haven't been able to fit it in. So now I'm going to. So there you go. This is Brian Eno. Baby's on fire.
That's you too with Magnificent. As produced, co-produced by David Bowie. Ha ha. So what did we have? Not David Bowie. Brian Eno. Dummy. Stupid. <laughs> That's what I get. Like my brain just goes. My, at this moment, like if I'd said that to my wife, she'd go, what did your brain do? And I would say, she'd go, That's what I thought it did. Yeah. Eno. Brian Eno produced. Um, also produced the track before that, Talking Heads with Warning Sign. Did not produce the David Bowie track before that, which is from Young Americans, which is before Bowie got involved with working with Eno, but that song seemed to fit in with that set well. That's Fascination off the Young Americans album. And started off with Brian Eno, Babies on Fire. You better put her in the water. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. It is Tuesday night. Uh, I said earlier, I, I, I'm going to repeat this uh, for the late tuners inners into the second hour. Um, somebody said online that today is a lot like Christmas Eve, except that not our, we're not just waiting for Santa to show up. We're also terrified that his sleigh is going to crash. So there we go. Um, I like the fact that I, one of the nice things about living on the West Coast, like when um, my kids were really, really little, like on New Year's Eve, if we wanted to go to bed early, we could just like tune in for the ball drop at eight o'clock and be or nine o'clock and just be done right let's go to bed hey hey kids it's the new year go to bed right and then you know they wake up screaming in the middle of the night because fireworks or gunshots or whatever but you know they're gonna have trauma um but also for inaugurations like if i'm looking forward to an inauguration it's good i'm basically i'm I'm be, I'll be making my breakfast tomorrow when this is all played out. Um, so there you go. It's a nice thing about living in California. Yeah. One of the nice things. I mean, apart from everything being on fire every year and, you know. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to play more music. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Here we go.
has been mean to me I've got a heart full of stone And I hate the misery Then you came along Into my life Destroying me more Mounting up the toil and strife But I'm a fool for you 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 Guess I'll always be And I claim it famously Cause I'm a fool for you It's a doggone shame Knowing you don't love me You go on and use me So continuously I don't know why I love you like I do When you're breaking my heart And you know it's true But I'm a fool for you I'm a fool side of town out of bounds to anybody who don't live around I never learned to share or how to care I never had no teachings about being fair depression is part of my mind The sun never shines on the other side of town. The need here 
is always for more There's nothing good in store On the other side of town It's hard to do right In this filthy night Just plain simple comfort Is completely out of sight My little sister She hungry for bread to eat My brother's hand-me-down shoes Is now showing his feet Ghetto blues Showing on the news All is well But what the hell do they care You across the track Completely relaxed You take a warning back Don't you never come back I'm from the other side of town Out of bounds To anybody Who don't live around I never learned to share how to care I never had no teachings about being fair depression is part of my mind the sun never shines on the other side of town the need here is always for more there's nothing good in store on the other side of town Oh baby It's hard to do right you know On the other side of town This depression really got a hold on
And that's Isaac Hayes with Buns Plenty. Curtis Mayfield, that Curtis Mayfield before that. The other side of town, the impressions with "Fool for You" and the flirtations with nothing but a heartache. Yeah, needed to needed to, to like palate cleanse. I don't know why. I don't know why I needed a palate cleanse. I didn't play bad stuff. I just just needed. I needed that. It needed to happen. It's Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record here on Radio Nope. Tuesday night. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got very little to say tonight. I've been reading stuff online. I just look at it and go, meh. The one line I saw um, somebody had um, posted on Twitter, they said, um, competency is going to be very, very disorienting. <laughs> I thought that was clever and funny um, and, and also horrifying. Um, thought occurs to me, like, Terrible bad crap has happened, and and more more crap is sure to come um, over the next year or two, or maybe longer before we figure this out. Um, those of us in in this United States of America, and stop punching ourselves in the dick, which is really what we're doing as a country. Um, but. I'm actually amazed that worse things didn't happen. Um, we didn't go to war with Iran. We didn't go to war with North Korea. Um, only got slightly played by North Korea, and that could have gone way worse, too. Um, the economy could have melted down worse. I mean, it's bad, but it could have been worse. Um, yeah, there could have been could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. And and what that comes down to, I think, is about that whole confidence thing. I mean, you know, you can't get complacent because the next the, the, the person that wants to follow in the footsteps of uh, Diaper Don, Cheeto McTweety and whatever else I have called him over the last four and a half, five years. Um, whoever wants to follow in his footsteps is likely to be less stupid than he is um, because I've I've taken shits that are less stupid than he is. I'll put it that way. So that someone more competent and less neurotic and weird um, would follow in his footsteps, that is truly frightening. That is the actual frightening thing to me. Um, So, yeah, don't let your guard down. Just because shit gets normal-ish in the next few months, in the next year maybe, don't let your guard down. Um, bad people gonna bad. That's that's basically what it's all about. Anyway, yeah. So I I used to listen to a lot of surf music, a lot of surf music instrumentals, and this one that I'm gonna play now always stuck in my head. It's a, it's a beautiful song, but always stuck in my head because it's a surf song done by a guy from I believe Sweden. There's no surfing in Sweden. Um. So, you know, that always puzzled me. But I think men or astromen are from Georgia. There's no surfing in Georgia either. So, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to play it. Thank you. 
That's the Smithereens on the public record. That's a band I hated when they first like popped up in the like late eighties. Uh, I couldn't stand them, and I don't know why. Because um, I really dig them now. So eh, whatever. Uh, Belly seal my fate before that, and REM begin the begin, and Apache by Jorgen Ingman. Yep, surf song by a guy named Jorgen Ingman. It's a great song, though. Uh, I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. i got a little bit more to go here and stuff. Um, if, if you haven't seen it, um, if you're looking for things to give yourself a chuckle, go find the clip. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Facebook. Find the clip of uh, the U.S. Army band rehearsing outside of the White House uh, this afternoon. Um, who they chose to play rather loudly and robustly hit the road jack. (laughs) Whoever called on that one as the, as the tune Um, props to you, sir props to you. All right. All right. 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to come back on mic. I might just play out. Um, I got a little bit of a late start, so I'm probably going to like trickle over or whatever. But, you know, whatever. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's a short one. It's five minutes short tonight or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. <sighs> Do I get to go on vacation yet? I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying safe. Thank you for tuning in or listening on your favorite podcasting platform. I appreciate you and I appreciate you uh, paying attention to this thing I do. Um, you know, you don't have to. You got other stuff that you could be doing. Like, I don't know, weeping into your pillow? I don't <laughs> I'm going to go out with a bang. Um, I've been wanting to play this song forever. I'm going to play it. It, it. It's... So I had this friend on a backtrack, a friend in high school. Um, he was like one of the most like into punk rock people I knew. It was a guy named Dylan. And Dylan was like, uh, seriously, like the most into punk rock person I knew in high school. And Dylan hated the Ramones, hated them, which I could never, like he and I would go round and round about, but, 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 but I was just like, but why, but why, but why? And, um, Finally, they released this song, and Dylan like found me and said, "This song is cool. Now I like the Ramones." So there you go. Uh, here you go on the public record. One, two, three, four.
No, no. 
Tell me one more time, your tears are on this sad conversation. 